0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Health and Disease it Hits LMU Kids podcast. This is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Loyola Marymount University, Dr. McGuffey, and Dr. Louise Alzheimer's. May he rest in peace. Right. Uh, we are your hosts.
1: I'm Ella.
2: I'm Kate.
0: And I'm Sarah.
2: And in today's episode, Alzheimer's disease, we will be discussing, Drum roll, please... Alzheimer's disease. Yay! We will be unpacking a timeline of the history of the disease and its discovery path up to the current date.
1: We'll also be talking about some important notes on the topic, such as symptoms, treatments, potential preventative measures, research efforts, and overall common definitions.
0: Kate, would you like to kick things off?
2: Yeah, so Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia. The disease is known as progressive, a progressive disease, beginning with mild memory loss and possibly leading to the loss of the ability to carry on a conversation and respond to the environment. According to the CDC, it involves the parts of the brain that control thought, memory, and language.
1: I understand that, but what's the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia then? The two sound pretty familiar.
2: Well, some people may state mistake Alzheimer's for the more commonly known generalization, dementia. But The CDC notes dementia as a general term for the impaired ability to remember, think, or make decisions that interfere with everyday tasks.
0: Oh, gotcha.
1: So now that we know how to define Alzheimer's and differentiate between the two, we should probably turn the dial back and talk about how it came to be.
0: Good idea. So funny you mentioned dementia because the origins of Alzheimer's sort of begin in 600 AD. The National Center of Biotechnology Information notes that dementia occurred in human history long before it was even named. The CDC states that in about 2000 BC, ancient Egyptians were already aware that memory declines as people age. Fast forward to around 2nd century AD, it was classified as delirium, and it was Emil Kriplin, a doctor in Germany, who became the first to classify dementia into senile dementia and pre-senile dementia in 1910.
1: Okay, so dementia dates all the way back to ancient Egypt and was finally named in 1910. What about Alzheimer's, though? How do the two link?
2: Well, according to Oxford research findings, in November of 1901, August Dieter was recorded becoming more and more disoriented over her stay in asylum and was slowly losing her ability to recall memories. Dr. Alzheimer's documented August's illness until her death in 1904. He used this as a basis of study in other patients until he was able to collect enough evidence to support his theory that a common disease was shared among these people that led to their death. Wow, that is fascinating. It's just so mind-blowing to know that diseases such as dementia and Alzheimer's date so far back. So did Dr. Alzheimer notice any leading symptoms?
1: Yeah, so much of what Dr. Alzheimer noticed are the same symptoms recognized for the disease today. There are four main categories of symptoms. Cognitive, behavioral, mood, and psychological. Cognitive symptoms include overall mental decline. Some examples of this are confusion, disorientation, forgetfulness, and the inability to create new memories or recognize items that should be familiar. Behavioral symptoms include things like aggression, irritability, mood swings, and personality changes are common mood symptoms. Psychological symptoms tend to present as depression, hallucination, or paranoia. There are also some other symptoms that don't necessarily fit perfectly into these categories, such as jumbled speech or loss of appetite. And, Harvard research concludes that there are also environmental factors that can
0: affect the onset of symptoms, including air pollution. Oh my gosh! Is there a symptom or factor that is more prevalent than others then?
1: Well, CDC researchers believe that age is the best known risk factor of the disease, and changes to the brain occur years before symptoms are noticeable. Family history could have a role, but genes do not equal destiny. A healthy lifestyle may reduce the risk of developing it overall. There is also early onset Alzheimer's, which occurs in younger people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s and is less
0: common. I think it's also important to note that Alzheimer's disease is one of the top 10 leading causes of death in the U.S. It's the sixth leading cause of death in the U.S. among adults, and it's the fifth leading cause of death among adults over 65.
2: I had no idea it was this common.
1: Truly. And while the disease devastates the brain, it technically doesn't kill you. Wait, what do you mean? Well, Alzheimer's disease destroys nerve connections in the brain, making it progressively more difficult to do ordinary things like move around, swallow, and feed yourself. The vast majority of those with Alzheimer's die from aspiration pneumonia, when food or liquid go down the windpipe instead of the esophagus, causing damage or infection to the lungs.
0: So then if there's so much knowledge about how Alzheimer's disease works, what are the medical discoveries that have helped, um, you know, treat the disease or cure the disease?
2: Well, as modern society ages rapidly, the number of people with dementia is sharply increasing. It could be the increasing environmental effects, but sadly, despite all of these findings, there's no known cure. Although the effects of the current symptomatic therapy are still limited, dramatic improvement is expected
1: in the future. And for treatment, the CDC says, managing behavioral symptoms, helping people maintain brain health and slowly delaying symptoms of the disease are helpful. Though research on the disease has been ongoing since Alzheimer's started the investigation in 1901, there are only hypotheses on what the possible causes of the disease really are. Some ongoing research shows genetic factors, especially in early onset Alzheimer's. Drug trials are constantly going on to try and alleviate the symptoms. That's reassuring to know.
0: So the best known preventative measure is living a healthy lifestyle with reduced substance abuse like alcohol or smoking, good nutrition, and a lot of exercise.
1: So what you're saying is, although we don't have a cure for dementia or Alzheimer's yet, we can still work on our own bodies to help take preventative measures.
2: That's good. I agree. Okay, well, that's a lot to take in with this discussion.
0: Yeah, in such a brief time but I hope we were able to unpack at least the general breakdown of the disease and discuss not only how it's prevalent, but still under immense research.
2: I have to agree on that. Well, you guys, I think we're just about out of time, but I hope you both learned as much as I did. And to everyone listening, we hope you picked up a few pieces of information too.
0: Yes, and thank you all for tuning in. And again, thank you to all of our sponsors for making this possible.
1: Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, Bye. guys.